Yo, and welcome to the video podcast with Una and Lauren, bringing you all the inside scoop on artists and music videos we all know and we all love. Today it's all about Britpop Blur, which record label is called Virgin Records. Nuff said. V Oasis. Yes, I mad for it. Check my brother and my sister. Boom. Now listen to these two farmers try to make sense of it. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Video Chat Podcast. My name is Lauren and I am joined as usual by my friend and my fellow farmhand Ura. Hello there. <laughs> Any cows to milk? <laughs> so big thank you to Dave for our special introduction today. Uh, this week has been very busy on the old video chat farm. It's calving mm-hmm. season after all. There's uh, milking to do, sheep to feed. You know how it is. Lots of farm based tasks. Dogs still... still get their tails docked. Yes, they do. Barbaric practice. Barbaric. If I, ever, I know. Never heard of one. <laughs> uh, but still, we have made time this week to bring you another episode. And today we're going to be talking about the age old question Oasis or Blur? So it's the Battle of Brit Pop. And which video will you be talking about today, Una? I'm going to be talking about the extremely eventful, action packed video. <laughs> Of Wonderwall. <laughs> well, uh, I'm obviously representing Oasis, <laughs> obviously, just in case that wasn't obvious enough. Oh, I'll be the call all over again, drama. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be talking about uh, Coffee and TV by Blur. So I think we were obviously at the time that the Battle of Britpop was a big thing. We were but children and are too young to have really absorbed any of this at the time. So I think it was quite interesting yeah. this week finding out a bit yeah. more about it. I know that from my primary school, I can, I went to a very, very, very small rural primary school because I'm a farmer <laughs> and that's where a farmer would go. Yes. Um, ironically enough, you know, I was also in the young farmers mm-hmm. just to further, you know, back up these claims. Um, and I went to this obviously rural primary school and I can remember pulp being mentioned yep. mm-hmm. um, and, you know, <laughs> It was one of those ones where I think it was like girls in the year above me and they had like older siblings and stuff. And like, you know, they were obviously heavily influenced by those siblings. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have older siblings, but I had older cousins um, that were very kind of like definitely filled that sort of sibling role. And it was it was always Oasis, um, you know, and you, I was conscious of Blur being a band but I remember like Oasis what's the story Morning Glory being like the cassette that played in our car because we all lived quite close to each other and mm. whenever your mum drives a Toyota Previa you can pack pack a few kids in there <laughs> at a time so you know we all got to enjoy um, the Gallagher brothers dulcet tones together as a family so <laughs> I was aware that but Pulp you know I, I only knew like one song maybe and I was kind of like they're shit in comparison. Like Pulp are brilliant. I think Pulp are actually really good. Like as mm. I've got older and listened to more of their stuff, I think they're very good. But still, like I think I'm, I feel like I, it's right that I am representing Oasis for multiple reasons. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't really have any feelings one way or the other, to be honest. Um, I just remember their songs from you know childhood and 
or you know what was popular at the time and like big songs by both of them you know would definitely stick out in my mind so um but yeah it was just interesting to go down this I sort of fell into a blur shaped hole this week and uh I'm not I'm not in a rush to get out of it to be honest (laughs) it's been quite uh, enjoyable listening to some of their stuff and the lesser known stuff as well I'm embarrassed that like I feel like it's only been in the last two or three years that I learned that their song blur song the universal like you know the song from it's like one of those as the progressive advert Mm -hmm. um that was their song in that, you know, from years ago. It was on the... Mm-hmm. It's like very instrumental based. I had no idea that was Blur until I was I was at like, well, I say house party in inverted commas. It was like three couples in a living room. Um, <laughs> and music was put on and I was like, those were the days. I was like, that is not Blur. Oh my God. Like I was today years old when I found this out. Yeah. <clears throat> I know it's interesting just seeing, I don't know, they had such a, a span of a career and technically they're not even done yet, really. You know, hiatus, not not finished. So, But then, like, think about knows? the gorillas. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. That goes beyond. It's um, re- been reinvented. Obviously, gorillas is not Blur. It's Damon Alburn, but it's mm. still, you know, like, it's he's transcended he's evolved musically like the gorillas were massive as well mm-hmm. they had a moment where you know they were a big day definitely so i shall get on to blur coffee and tv and of course the battle of rip pop from the blur perspective i suppose <laughs> So Coffee and TV was released on the 28th of June, 1999. So we're coming up on 22 years old there. And it was the second single from Blur's sixth studio album. But going to do now a bit of a record scratch, go back in time to find out who are Blur. So Blur are a British rock band who were formed in London in 1988. And four members are Damon Alborn, Graham Coxon, Alex James, and Dave Rowntree. Now, Dave Rowntree's a drummer, and I went down a brief hole there, wondering if he was into doing like Rowntree's fruit pastels. Because <laughs> if you're Sorry. a Rowntree, like you're, you're definitely really in it. Yeah, uh, have you're to be. Get that sweet pastel, sweet pastel coin. <laughs> yeah. So, as far as I could see, no relation to Rowntree's fruit pastels, but he, I discovered he's a councillor in Norfolk. County Council and represents the Labour Party. So on you go. So the band, when they first formed in 88, were originally called Seymour, uh, named after a novella by J.D. Salinger called Seymour, an introduction. So an intellectual bunch of lads have got here. Not Seymour Butts, no? No, not (laughs) Seymour Butts, as far as I'm aware, but a different Seymour. Mm. So the band then was discovered by a British record label called Hoods Records, but they did not like the name Seymour, which is a bit rich from someone called Hoods Records, yeah. in my opinion. But the record label then made up a list of alternative names and let the band choose, which is a bit sly, to be fair. So the band then decided on Blur, and that was the name was changed, and they signed to the label then in March 1990. So their first single didn't actually chart their second single called there's no other way reached number eight so that initially 
propelled them into the limelight and into pop stardom in the UK. But it would seem the band had a bit of a mediocre run after that, really. So they end up in £60,000 worth of debt. And then they had to do this American tour to try and recover from their financial issues, recoup a few losses here. Uh, but they were miserable and homesick during this tour, apparently. And that res- resulted in them writing sort of more songs and music that had this more English feel rather than, I suppose, the American music that they were being bombarded with over there. So it wasn't then until their third album, Park Life, in 1994, that Blur really achieved mainstream success. And the first single was Girls and Boys, which reached number five in the UK, and that album then reached number one. So this success of Blur then sort of shifted the public perception of them. And rather than being seen as this like alternative band, they basically became almost like a pop group in the eyes of the public, really. Um, and then when I like think of Blur, I picture them as they are really in that Girls and Boys video, mm-hmm. just that quintessential like Brit pop rock kind of guys. Yeah. And I watched that one too, and they're so young. Mm-hmm. They're like babies mm-hmm. <laughs> in that video. It's crazy. So then in 95, off the back of this success, they released the fourth album called The Great Escape. And that contained, contained the lead single, Country House. So one of their best known songs. And it was around this time then that this Oasis versus Blur rivalry known as the Battle of Britpop emerged. So they even released their singles on the same day, uh, Country House for Blur and Oasis releasing Roll With It on the exact same date. So NME called it the British Heavyweight Championship, Mm. (laughs) which is a a bit like, okay. And the the debate over which band was going to top the charts Uh, became this huge talking point in the media. It was all over the press and tabloids. The lead singer of Blur, Damon Albarn, even appeared on the news at 10. So like, it must have been a slow bloody news week in August of 1995. Like, I can't even imagine that that would happen today, this sort of thing, making the news Mm. a pop star. (laughs) Brilliant publicity. I think probably then, like, you know, you Uh would take anything. Obviously, social media was like wasn't mm-hmm. going to be on the scene for, for friggin what over a decade um there so yeah I mean it seems it seems really weird now I feel like the last time I heard about music or what music has achieved on the actual news was at uni and it was for Norris Barkley's song Crazy being the first song to get to number one just through downloads I was in mm-hmm. first year uni whenever that happened so it was like 2005 2006 yeah um so yes, I think up in, that's the last conscious memory I have of something like that being like the last mm-hmm. story on the news. But I could see back in the day that probably would have been a big deal, or like whenever Take That broke up or Jerry left Spice Girls mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah, that too. But this just seems mental. That I suppose that's this hype over this battle of the two bands became such a, an all-encompassing thing, and probably contributed a lot to the sales of both of the the singles for for each band. So, yeah, this battle then sort of transcended the music and the singles themselves and became like representative of the regional divide of England, like this sort of British class war nearly, Northern England for the Oasis fans versus the South of England for the Blur fans. And at the time, this was basically Britain's 90s version of the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. And it was then inflamed by the groups making digs at each other which of course you would do wouldn't you for the publicity of it all 
So uh, my favourite one <clears throat> I could see there was Oasis referring to Blur as Chaz and Dave chimney sweep music <laughs> and Blur calling them Oasis quo. <laughs> what I love but, is... Um, in general, I love like pettiness. That's why I love programs like yeah. Four in a Bed, Come <laughs> Dine With Me. I, like the Oasis and the Gallagher's is just, you know, petty like on another mm. level. So I love like this kind of, you know, taking the piss, but like being deadly serious. I mean, would you put yeah. it down? Would you put this rivalry in the same category as like Biggie versus Tupac? I mean, no one gets shot, but I feel like yeah. if they're in the pub, <laughs> people be getting glassed essentially. Uh, there might be a few teeth getting lost mm-hmm. that night. But so at the end, after all this media hype, the charts were released and Blur had outsold Oasis. So Country House became their first number one single. And then the album also went to number one then with great reviews of that. However, a few months later, Oasis then released their album, What's the Story, Morning Glory. And that was a worldwide success. And that then sort of relegated Blur to the sidelines of Britpop fame. And the media at the time then said that Blur had won the battle but lost the war. Mm. <laughs> like that, that is harsh, mm. harsh rhetoric there. But very true. So, yeah. So after this, then, like Blur were not in a great place. I think relations among the members were strained and they kind of were sort of at risk of imploding, maybe. However, they persevered and basically then reinvented themselves at this stage. So they took a step away from the Britpop scene and then even went to Iceland to record their fifth album there. And the most well-known song, I would say, from this album is Song 2, which the band had initially actually made as a bit of a joke, apparently, but it has gone on to be one of their most commercially successful songs. Like, that's football, Mm -hmm. it's used in adverts, everything, um, even to today. So finally, we have reached the year 1999 and the release of their sixth studio album called 13. So uh, the album's style and creative direction was basically dominated by the guitarist Graham Coxon and I think he even created the album artwork for uh, the sleeve and everything. So the song then Coffee and TV uh, was written and performed by Graham Coxon on lead vocals. It was the second single released from the album uh, it reached number 11 in the UK charts, number five in Ireland, and number two in Iceland. So the song itself is about Graham's struggle with alcoholism, which you don't really get from the video, but you definitely get it from the lyrics. Um, and the message basically is, I think, how watching TV with a cup of coffee was like a peaceful thing that he could do when he was struggling with his drinking and needing to you know, keeping a a sober frame of mind, really. And then the music video video was produced by Hammer and Tongs, which is just, I love that phrase anyway, but (laughs) partly this is a British director and producer duo, Garth Jennings and Nick Goldsmith, who go by the name Hammer and Tongs. So I think, although Coffee and TV probably isn't one of their most, you know, popular songs, the video is really memorable. Um, so we open on a milk carton that shows a photograph of a missing man on the side and we're in his family's kitchen as we can then tell because the same photograph is on a cabinet and the whole family's just very very sad it's obviously morning time they're in their pajamas and their dressing gowns and they're too upset to even eat their breakfast uh, daughter is on the phone 
but I mean, that's obviously not good news and they're all disappointed and very upset. And then the milk carton comes to life and the little thing is proud of wee arms and legs and a wee smiley face and is dancing on the table and like as if it's trying to tear them up. But alas, even an anthropomorphized milk carton cannot tear these guys up. And I'm not sure that they even notice it, to be honest, because they, they don't even seem to acknowledge him. So the milk carton then looks a wee bit sad as well. And they jumps off the kitchen table and, and sets off an adventure to try and help them. So at this point, I will mention that apparently the milk carton is called Milky. So, you know, that's what I'll call it from now on. And I mean, it really just reminds me of the drag queen, Milk. Oh, it makes me think of Milky, <laughs> the character from um, This Is England. Did you ever oh, right. I, I don't think I did. I wouldn't be familiar with that. But um, on Instagram, Milk the Drag Queen goes by the handle Big and Milky. So okay. <laughs> that is all that I can think of. Well, I, I, and I remember what Milk looks like now. Um, like very kind of, mm. I, I did, did she go into sort of like an editorial fashion sort of a, a Probably. career or something like Like would be definitely had the kind of face that would be like in vogue. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, very, very strong um, features. Milk, milk is a very good looking fella mm-hmm. and can be a bit like out there mm-hmm. in drag. And uh, if you've ever looked at his Instagram, like, oh my God, he's a dancer. Mm-hmm. So he is this amazing muscular like dancer's body. And his partner, I think, is a photographer. So of course, there's loads of amazing photographs of him um, dancing about and in drag and stuff. But uh, we're, alas, we're not talking about big, big and milky here. We're no. talking about wee milky. So. <laughs> Always, you can always bring so we, something back to Drag Race, always. I know, every time I will find a connection. <sighs> so uh, Milky then is strutting down the street, he's happy as Laurie, and then he gets his first fright when he encounters a lady with a strimmer. So <laughs> he runs off in terror into the road and then is almost hit by a man on a motorbike. So we're off to a real terrible start here. Uh, fortunately, the man sees him and he stops and offers him a lift. So Milky goes on the back of the bike. Like, how come these people can clearly see him and communicate with him, but the family at the start couldn't? Uh, I think maybe their sadness precludes them from seeing this, like, miracle of milk cartons, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, this motorbiker drops Milky off in the town. He's able to ask people for directions and go on his way. And then he sees a, a man drinking out of a, another milk carton, and he's horrified and runs off. Then he sees an empty beer can, which... Like the beer can has eyes on it and the opening where the tab has obviously been taken off is its mouth. So it's as if this beer can is dead with a look of horror frozen on its face. <laughs> and like, I just laughed because I imagined to Milky, this is like the equivalent of, um, you know, finding the dead girl from the ring in the wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that's the equivalent yeah. here. So uh, then a, a young boy comes along and starts kicking the beer can about. So poor Milky runs off again. He goes to a phone box and appears to ring the family back at the house and seems to be speaking to the daughter, but obviously no, no good news coming from there. And then when he's at the phone box, he sees a business card for Big Susie, who apparently makes all your dreams come true. So oh, that's a big theme there from Big Susie. <laughs> and off Milky goes to Big Susie's address. Big Susie from... Um, yes, from Big, big Susie. So off... He goes to Big Susie's address, um, but it turns out, it, and it's not Big Susie either, it's a different Susie, but uh, she clearly is a sex worker and has no interest in helping a milk carton in need. 
So Milky just has to take off running now. It's it's all going downhill from here. Yeah, those aren't the kind of dreams she's there to, to make. Like she's in <laughs> the different no. types of happy endings, put it that way. Absolutely. So uh, then he sees a lovely lady milk carton across the street. He's smitten. He's got wee hearts in his eyes and everything. He's dancing and he crosses the road to her. And just as he reaches her, a man comes along and stamps on her. So Very representative of women in society, everywhere. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pink strawberry milk all over the road. It's really a nightmare situation now, as you can imagine. So Milky runs away. He ends up down a dark alleyway with like scary beer cans and old water bottles intimidating him. He's backed up onto a windowsill. And then when he turns around, he sees a band playing on the other side of the window. And who is playing guitar and singing but our missing person, Graham? So Milky's delighted. You know, he has his hands and his wee face pressed up against the window and watching them. And I don't know if he is an unusually heavy milk carton or if this building is like really ramshackle and about to fall in. But somehow the pane of the window falls inward with Milky pressing against it. So he tumbles into the room. Graham sees him and picks him up and then obviously sees his own photograph on the side as a missing person. And he thinks then of a sad family back at home. And I suppose the guilt then gets the better of him because he just abandons his bandmates mid-song without saying a word. Just stop up and walks out. She was giving me vibes of. Um, do you remember whenever um was it like trending on Twitter? And I don't even have Twitter, but people were going like hashtag pray for Arge. Um, because they thought that he had gone missing. Like Gemma had put a thing out like saying like, really worried about his safety or someone had, I think his phone had just simply died and then he just appeared out of nowhere and he was like I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> like this is this kind of what he's done where it's like Jesus I didn't know people freaking thought I was missing put my face on a car yeah. milk Jesus see I I did wonder this like I I then was like feeling a bit bad for his family at this stage because they're obviously worried sick like their son's missing mm-hmm. he could be kidnapped he could be hurt he could be killed yeah. they don't know but it turns out he's just been jamming with his pals in a derelict house the whole you know time. What? It sounds like my brother. Like he would definitely <laughs> just do. piss off <laughs> for like a week and not answer his phone. And we'd all be like, well, that's the end of him then. What's that? And we just, you know, send the lifeguards oh, out, do whatever, the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. um, get on to Paul Clark on UTV, get, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then it would be like, we we just be getting gaslit then from you know top to toe like why would you think that I had gone missing I was like well when you don't answer yeah. your phone and we don't know where you are do you know what I mean like that would just be totally him I think it's a, a general thing with with fellas maybe sorry to generalize but like there's definitely a less of a you know awareness there of yeah. of getting in touch with people yeah for days at yeah. a time but so I wondered, like, he's just buggered off and not told them where he's gone and he's just playing with his bandmates. But then I did wonder, you know, would this maybe be a reference as well to, like, being an alcoholic? Like, maybe going on a bender for days at a time without your family knowing yeah. where you were? Like, he maybe, you know, this was sort of drawn from real-life situations as well. I don't know. Mm. I couldn't find anything to back that up. I just kind of thought about it myself. I think the video as well so, really gives me sort of, like... This would be the theme music for like agrophobics, like you mm. know, everywhere. Like, don't yeah. leave your house because there's all sorts of shit goes on out there. Just stay at home where it's safe. Um, just yeah. just taking on like the 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 message of the video that like you know it's a scary, it's a big bad world out there, you know, and it's kind of survival of the fittest. 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, one of the lyrics is um, sociability is hard enough for me. Mm-hmm. Take me away from this big bad world okay. and agree to marry me. Like, so yeah, I kind of got like maybe there's an introvert, you know, an introvert mm-hmm. kind of thing there, and yeah, not not want to leave your house yeah. because and then when you do you need a drink to sort of mm-hmm. help yeah, yourself along in a social stuff, situation yeah. yeah so definitely a tie-in with that so graham then catches the bus and heads home when he takes milky with him and just as he reaches his house he finishes drinking the last of the carton of milk and throws it in the bin so he then obviously steps in the house for a happy reunion with his family and milky arises from the bin give us one last little wave before falling back into death and then the spirit of milky rises out of the bin with little wings and he flies skywards where he meets the ghost of his strawberry milk girlfriend and hopefully they live happily ever after in the milk carton afterlife so i mean to be fair he um, clapped on her for all of three seconds and now they're you know um getting to spend only females all his life yeah only ever that easy you know (laughs) <laughs> so the video won uh, several awards in 99 and 2000 including best video at the nme awards and the mtv europe awards uh, in 2006 it was ranked number 32 in stylist magazine's list of top 100 music videos of all time uh, nme has ranked it as the 20th greatest music video of all time and apparently the video received heavy like rotation in America on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, a model of Milky the Milk Carton that was used in the video sold at an auction of Blur memorabilia in 1999, but I don't know how much that was sold for. didn't find that out. Bad homework there for me. Um, then in August 2012, Blur played at the London Olympics, the closing concert in Hyde Park, and fans who bought a Blur t-shirt on the day were given a free replica milk carton of Milky. And apparently the song has featured in season three of The Sopranos and an episode called Pine Barns. And it also featured on the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. Yeah, it was in that scene not where, um, you know, the scene where Salma Blair and uh, Sarah... Well, it's been that long Sarah, since I've seen Cruel it, Intentions. Is it Sarah, what's it, Michelle Geller? Michelle Geller. They Kiss mm-hmm. in the Park, that's the song in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Really yeah. not, um, I don't know, not the kind of song you'd think of being in the background of that. I mean, I certainly remember that yeah. scene, who doesn't? But um, I don't remember that song being really mm. relevant to it. But there you go. Yeah, I think there was a cross, um, like a crossover, you know, like if you could get yeah. a song that would going to play, like I could see where that would fit for America. Like. Yeah. So I'll just finish with a few um, of the comments from the YouTube video. Um, so what have we got here? One of the best, if not the best, music video ever. I always cried as a kid. I'm 21 and I'm still crying. Oh, I... <laughs> um, <laughs> when a person in a, dies in a movie, sad emoji. When a dog dies in a, mo- in a movie, one tear emoji. When a milk carton dies in a music video, full on mm-hmm. crying emoji. <laughs> he is cute, like Milky is cute. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching this as a child and getting really upset really? that the milk carton had to die. Yeah, I was a very sensitive soul as a child. <laughs> I, I like the video. I, <laughs> I think every time I think of the song, I think it's a class song in the video. Like, it's very memorable. Mm. So I always think of that wee stupid milk carton talking about <laughs> the place. Like, we're around going yeah. driving in the car. If it comes on, like, I'm like, there he goes. Off on his adventures. Um, someone last year 
commented the perfect song where you're in quarantine during COVID-19. I don't care if Oasis or Blur had better music. Blur had a dancing milk carton. Nothing beats a dancing Mm -hmm. milk carton. Uh, I'll just finish with, I remember being nine years old when this song came on MTV. Me and my parents sat in the front room admiring this video. Mum says, is there any way we can watch this again? It's so Mm -hmm. good. That was impossible back then. I innocently explained we'd just have to wait for MTV to play it again. Here I am over 20 years later watching it easily and for free on YouTube. So. Isn't that so like our generation's version of like, well, whenever I was small, you used to have to walk to school. Uh, no, she was on that would be still. <laughs> and you just, to, you just have to fucking go. So you, know, you, have to go, you have to go to your school because your mom and dad would have been up. There was no and for us, it's like, you know, you would go like, has anyone seen like Jerry Hallowell's new video for mm-hmm. Bag It Up or whatever? And <laughs> you, know, you just had to, I just, I just pulled that out of my arse. Um, you just had to um, wait and, you know, your popularity mm-hmm. would plummet if you still hadn't seen that video as the days wore on. Yeah. Because you, sure. what were you getting, how were you getting involved in those conversations if you didn't know what video everyone was talking about? So yeah. kids, just be thankful. Thankful. <laughs> Hashtag blessed for the times you're living in. Mm-hmm. Any music video at any time. Nice. So I paraphrase yeah. that last comment a bit, but you get the gist. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah, as I said, I've truly enjoyed uh, my Blur research this week. So mm-hmm. uh, it might be a bit of a Blur fan. I'll see if it sticks, but definitely has been yeah. featured quite heavily well, there's this definitely, week. There's definitely tunes of theirs that like, um, you would just... You, could like country house comes on on my spotify i have it on my like songs playlist and um i thoroughly enjoy it just sometimes i'll just be like god city dweller successful fella i just love the way he says that i'll just yeah. you know bob that wee bit out i've had um, um, girls and boys on heavy rotation mostly mm-hmm. very good reaching i enjoy i remember as well um park life and being mm-hmm. i went just a very kind of last minute decision to go and meet two friends from uni who were traveling through South America and I met them mm-hmm. in Nicaragua for um for a few days and us out we were on like a booze cruise which was basically three of us and the thing I this is what puts me off travel and doing that kind of backpacking is mm-hmm. arseholes that attach themselves to you for oh. however long they decide you know what that, I mean that, like that's a nightmare yeah, Night, if you're moving nightmare. in the same direction, they're like, oh, we'll come as well. Like, no, 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 you can get the bus after. Like, no, we're not all jumping on the same seats together. And I can't be arsed getting to know new people. Like, you know, it's hard enough keeping track of the people I already know. Have enough Never friends. Know. Thanks very yeah, much. I have enough. We're all good. Um, no room at the end. So we were on like the booze cruise or whatever. And like, it was just, it was basically just however many of us, like eight of us, and like a load of bottles of what, what like is it a rum was it rum maybe I can't remember I feel like yeah Captain Morgan's hmm. and loads of mixers and these two per Nicaraguan fellas who just had to endure like eight white people from like <laughs> you know Europe or Ireland or England or UK Ireland based sort of people and just be like god these people are melters and I think I remember we were, we were like having a sing song or something and somebody said somebody here some of you park life or either somebody said or I just thought it was funny to start trying to sing it and I started <laughs> I, I was laughing because I was just making it I get up in the morning <laughs> I just taking the piss like because it wasn't even the lyrics but it just reminds me of that sorry I'm the only person that finds it funny had to be there at the time oh, okay. um, yeah I actually want to go like if we ever ever get foot in a place that plays music ever again right I'll edit that out 
Like I, I want to request. There's going to be swearing on this because I'm going to be talking about this. So I want to. <laughs> I want to go up the DJ booth and ask for girls and boys, and I don't okay. care if I'm the only one in yeah. the yeah. I will be jumping around. No, that, that's a chill. That's a chill. There needs to <laughs> be. Song. I can remember, like, um, it was like a bank holiday, and it was like our resident uh, hometown nightclub had like a '90s <laughs> night or something, right? And and it was class, but like I don't know, I think there should be more of like an early noughties night as well. I think yeah. that's not really being done, and that needs to happen. Um, everyone's I can't believe like because we've been we've been locked inside for so long, people are going to have big ideas about what's going to happen whenever restrictions are lifted. Like yeah. I just feel like anything you do, it's going to have it's going to be more swarmed than ever. Yeah, like people sure. who like even like being at home are going to be dying to get out, and it won't be it won't take long till they decide that they never want to go out again because they'll be. <laughs> That I'll be one me. of them yeah. <laughs> um but yeah there's there's so many things but like Lauren we are gonna get we're gonna have our day in the sun oh. and we have always said that we will get our day in the sun in a nightclub for whenever WAP comes on yeah. so you know I am um, like, no word of lie I was in bed last night couldn't sleep I've had terrible lockdown insomnia thanks to this uh paramore oh. misery business that we're stuck in and I uh was just lying in bed couldn't sleep fantasizing about a night out like mm. what would what I would wear you mm-hmm. know where we would go what songs mm-hmm. might be on like new songs yeah. that have been on released this last year like yeah. breathing in secondhand smoke I, I can't <laughs> wait I can't wait for all of it but then I'm like I, how far I've away about, will this be I thought about that feeling of being in a bar or a beer garden and having a drink in hand being surrounded by friends and then for whatever reason the music gets turned up slightly so you can kind of dance mm. and actually tears come into my eyes about <laughs> like you know I can't believe we're here like I can't believe this is us so, like we're we, we survived <laughs> we are surviving oh, and we are now thriving oh you'll hear there's some holes in the stuff crying yeah <laughs> there's a bad break tears seven days a week and that's where we'll stop singing that song um <clears throat> so yeah it's coming Lauren holidays are coming holidays are coming um yeah. okay right well I'll crack on here sorry we just took a wee brief interlude there yeah. but you know that's a nice time stamp of where we're at in life at the yeah. moment even though this sure. us recording this, this is going to be out for <laughs> a number of weeks so wouldn't it be funny if we've been told that the lockdown has been extended oh don't. people just just fast forward through that part <laughs> Right, okay, so I am going to be going into Oasis. So, like, Oasis, I don't know, I just feel very nostalgic about them. Like, as I say, my older cousin, she would have listened to them, would have, especially What's a Story, Morning Glory. I feel like that album, like, I heard a lot of back at the time it came out. Obviously, it meant very little to me at the time, but, like, obviously, I have a lot more appreciation for it now, but we'll talk a bit about Oasis in the first instance. So, Oasis originally the band had been called Rain. Now they had actually um, had a different person on vocals, a guy called Chris Hutton, and then Liam Gallagher actually auditioned to replace Liam. Mm-hmm. And then they changed the name to Oasis based off of a poster that was in Liam's room for a concert um, by um, 
in spiral carpets, wherever the hell they are, <laughs> um, that was going to be played in the Oasis Leisure Centre in Swindon. So they ended up right. calling it Oasis. So that's a bit random. Can um, you so imagine played... if they'd stayed rain and Blur had stayed Seymour? And we're talking, yeah, and we here talking about having this rain or Seymour. No. Britpop, they've no, never no. existed. <laughs> um, so they played their first gig um, in August 1991. And it wasn't until like two years after that they kind of had their big break. I went to see the Supersonic documentary in the cinema when it came Mm. out in, I think, 2016. And then I think in the last year, it's also popped up on Netflix um, while I was off maternity leave. And I can remember because I'd already seen it. I like had my child in her, um, her like rocker. Um, just in front of the TV, like I'd gone into the kitchen to make a sandwich, no doubt, seventh of the day. And, um, (laughs) I walked in and there she is just like staring at the screen. It's all like, fucking yeah, fucking yeah. And I was just like, oh, honey. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll put on, we'll put on some Peppa Pig. I mean, nearly over. do the important over. things first. I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, from that, they had talked about um, how, I think, Noel had found out that Liam had joined a band their mum um told told Noel about this and he thought this was hilarious he's like he can't fucking say <laughs> um so he um then he said he wanted to join but to like write music for them or whatever and so that's kind of how they became um mm. involved with the band so we love as well we've established in this podcast we love when people get sued well not we love do. when we get sued but we do love when other people get sued <laughs> Um, so their first single was Supersonic and then their second single was Shaker Maker, which I listened to once or twice and it actually became the subject of plagiarism um, and they had to pay half a million um, dollars in damages because it was believed that they had ripped off the Coca-Cola song, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Oh, well. I, I know, mental. So half a million down the swanee for that. Um <laughs> So they went on like like an American tour, which was pretty modest, obviously compared to where where it would take them. Uh, in September 1994, and you know I'm when I try to do a Manchester accent, it always ends up sounding very Leeds, like it's hard, like it's really mm-hmm. Yorkshire accent. Um, but they, I'll I'll, I'll make some per attempts at it throughout this, but they. <laughs> Uh, the the antics of Liam and Noel just really take me to the fire so um, there was a number of issues you know because of their kind of lifestyle and how they behaved you know there were issues from the word go so it kind of culminated in a gig that happened in Los Angeles Um, there was uh, what was described as an inept performance by Liam um, during which he made offensive comments about American audiences and he hit Noel with a tambourine <laughs> as you do oh, well. um, the incident upset Noel to such an extent he temporarily quit the band up to San Francisco um, and then as, uh, this pattern you know of one mm. you know decidedly tends to be Noel I've noticed um, wanting to leave and then you know a lot of reconciliation and joining the band later mm. in the tour once they reconcile and then it's just like waiting for like a balloon to pop you know Mm. whenever it happens again um so they had their first uk number one in april 1995 with some might say 
and uh, it was during that period that the British press really seized on this supposed rivalry um, between Oasis and Blur. Now, apparently Oasis never wanted to be kind of associated or put in the category of Britpop, mm. um, but it was with this whole kind of the, the country house versus roll with it rivalry. Now they outsold, um, country house outsold roll with it uh, 274,000 copies to 216,000 copies and Oasis management came up with a number of different theories of why you know this kind of wasn't fair and it really reeks of this election was rigged okay <laughs> it was rigged was stolen. Um, yeah uh, this is a fraud um, <clears throat> we were so winning basic- we were so ahead yeah we were so ahead, we were celebrating, we'd open the battles, <laughs> champagne. Um, so there have been two versions of Country House that have been released. Um, so that it was felt that people were forced to buy both. And apparently there was um, a barcode problem with the role oh. of it single and that certain, some things weren't being um, recorded. One of the <laughs> members of the Charlatans band at the time, you know, talked about how, um, in terms of the music videos, um, Oasis's version of, or their video for Roll With It versus Country House was flat pack Oasis, in inverted commas, like, because they don't do anything, mm. like, they just like performance videos, whereas Blur's videos tend to have far more of a storyline or a narrative, mm. their costumes maybe, their set pieces and stuff. Um, so it's just not something, it's just not been their focus. And I'm not saying that that mm. means that Blur aren't focused on their music, but you can do a lot more with a song than just perform it. You know, you, mm. can, you can sort of create like a visual as well to go with it. Um, so Noel Gallagher told the, the Observer in that September that he hoped that Blur would, quote, catch AIDS and die. And uh, naturally oh, that caused quite the furrower. Yes. Um, I'm not going to put an accent on for that because it's a bit sensitive, but he did apologise immediately uh, and he wrote a formal letter to various publications, which I couldn't find. I did try to find what he could have said. <laughs> I'd say it would be a really feeble uh, apology. Um, mm. uh, so they then moved on. Their second album was What's the Story, Morning Glory. And as we know, it was massive. Its two lead singles were Wonderwall, which is my subject, and Don't Look Back in Anger. Um, they also had a non-UK single. I think it was released in America, Champion Supernova. Um, but Wonderwall was the big kind of um, crossover hit in America. Um, they... Um, <laughs> So they had done a, they were due to record an episode of MTV Unplugged um, and Liam had pulled out saying, look, I have a sore throat. He watched the performance from a balcony with beer and cigarettes and heckled Noel. Like, what an arsehole. Is Um, Liam the little brother? uh, Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, Uh Well, that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think even from that documentary, like, apparently their dad was a real dick. Like, he was not not a good guy mm. and um Liam had said that Noel would have like got the brunt of any kind of like physical punishments or physical chastisement or chat how do you say that word Lauren Ch- is it chast- chastisement yeah, yeah I feel like I said so. it wrong um just in case people hear that and say she's a moron like I'm well aware of the fact that I might be saying that wrong so I like to just you know shine the, a light on look, my flaws at the time these accents you know we think we're right and we could be wrong to everyone else you know? yeah. yeah so he obviously heckled them all the rest of it then they went on they, they argued they performed champion supernova at the 1996 mtv vmas in new york 
and Liam made gestures to Noel during his guitar solo and spat beer all over the stage and stormed off. You'd be so sick of this shit after like yeah. five minutes, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, and then a few weeks later, like Noel ended up flying home on his own and the band followed on a later flight and there was a lot of speculation in the media about what mm. the, state, the state of affairs were there. By that time, the kind of Britpop whole movement was in decline and you know the band were kind of failing to meet the expectations of their third album. Um, I think it was called Be Here Now was their third album. Um, so they kind of kept a low profile. Um, they had then released another album, Heathen Chemistry, um, and again there was more antics or whatever they had been on a pretty successful world tour but there was plenty of incidents there was a car accident um now nobody was made there was no major injuries but they ended up having to cancel gigs um alan white um a member of the of the band at the time and three other members um of the band's entourage were arrested um oh and liam gallagher sorry liam was there as well they were arrested um after a brawl in munich uh, they'd all been drinking heavily and looked like uh, from tests that um, Liam had been engaged in some uh, drug misuse and Liam ended up losing two front teeth. He hit a police officer in the ribs and um, Alan suffered some kind of a head injury um, after getting hit with an ashtray. Yeah, well, col- <laughs> colour me, shots. <laughs> Not. I know, I mean, you know, whenever you think about what we were talking about, like Dan yeah. Bars, up your game, <laughs> Dan. No harm. Um, no, that's not. That, it's a joke, guys. It's not. Um, it's we not don't need the environs to make no. it. No. Um, took two years after that incident for Liam to then be fined forty grand, um, which maybe could have been a drop in the ocean really yeah. for them at that stage. So then, they obviously went on like there was issues in two thousand and nine. Liam contracted laryngitis and they had to cancel a gig at V Festival um, uh, that August and uh, Noel made a statement saying that the gig was cancelled because Liam um, had a hangover. So naturally Liam sued Noel (laughs) and demanded an apology stating the truth is I had laryngitis which Noel was fully aware of that morning diagnosed (laughs) by a doctor. So he did issue the policy of the apology and the uh, the lawsuit was dropped. Um, just you just you're heavy put away, wouldn't it? And then oh. it was very soon after that then that Noel left the band. Um, and that was that was it. Now he did express some regret about that, you know, that maybe if they just that the band could probably still be together. That was I think in 2012 a video mm-hmm. was released by like a radio station of him alluding to this so obviously Noel went on and formed High Flying Birds which have done really really well mm. and Liam did um, BDI and he had like you know his clothing brand I know that there's a, a store that was opened in Belfast in Victoria Square I think it was where Calvin Klein was maybe right Hollister. I don't know obviously I don't know if it's still there it's clearly not open at the moment um, but I, I wouldn't imagine it was in great nick because every time mm. I walked past it, it was always empty. Like there was never anyone in it. I think it's very niche. And I don't know if, you know, the Gallagher image then, never mind now, really held that much clout. I mean, mm. it was kind of like that mod look in so many ways, yeah. like that kind of the, that haircut. And I, uh, I actually took a scissor to my child's hair last weekend because it was like poking in her eyes. And 
she has like a wee green parka and she fully now looks like a Gallagher <laughs> brother like because I don't know it's just it wasn't intentionally looking like a bowl but it did in the end so no. repair sunglasses at least. finish her off nicely yeah I tried to put some glasses <laughs> on but they weren't she wasn't having it um so obviously the the album was story in morning glory um was a massive massive hit um it won the best album of the last 30 years um, at the 2010 Brit Awards, which is an award that I think they made up maybe an hour before that <laughs> the ceremony started. Um, Liam collected the award alone um, before presenting his speech, and he only thanked uh, he thanked all the other members except Noel, who like, basically wrote all the music. Um, so Liam threw his microphone and the band's award into the crowd, and um, then like a month later. He had to defend his actions and he said, I'm sick of it all being about me and Noel. The last couple of months has pretty much been all about me and him. So I thought it was only right to mention the other lads who played in the album, the best fans in the world. And I thought throwing the award was a nice gesture to give this to the fans. Obviously, it was misinterpreted as per usual. We <laughs> also got some shit for throwing a proper piece of like metal uh, in yeah. the crowd, as you'd expect. Sorry. And knock someone unconscious while you're at it, Liam. So moving on to Wonderwall. Um, so Wonderwall itself, it was written by Noel Gallagher and you know there's plenty out there about it. The it was assumed that he Noel had written a song about his then girlfriend and future ex-wife Meg Matthews, but he confessed to Radio 2, uh, BBC Radio 2 in um, 2002 um, that uh, that wasn't the case he said the meaning of that song was taken away from me by the media who jumped on it and how do you tell your missus it's not about her once she's read it <laughs> read that it is it's a song about an imaginary friend who's going to come and save you from yourself so I don't really know like lyrics kind of don't make a whole pile of sense mm-hmm. of parts I mean even in the Travis single um writing to reach you one of the lines is what's a wonder wall anyway so like it's kind of like a question we've all kind of wondered probably like Mm -hmm. what what does that even mean Noel has said anyone can say I love you try telling the one who seems the most to you you're my wonder wall instead it may not make much sense but it somehow says it all and I I get that Lauren yeah Mm. I like that I think I'll start saying that to my mum now instead um So the concept of the Wonder Wall is based off a 1960s film called Wonder Wall from Psychedelia to Surrealism, starring Jane Birkin. Jane Birkin is probably best known as the name inspiration for the Hermes iconic Mm -hmm. uh, bag, the Birkin bag. Um, And it's a film about a woman who lives next door to a man who becomes fascinated with her and he slowly makes holes in his wall so he can watch her through it. Um, So... (laughs) It's meant to be, the film is supposedly supposed to be terrifying. Oh, no, wait, sorry, terrible, terrible, oh, not terrifying. <laughs> Terrifyingly terrible, maybe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't um, put that on my watch list, to be I mean, honest. It, it doesn't sound too dissimilar from Psycho or something. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's very that, actually. Um, and then in 2002, the British Army had actually produced a, a recruitment video that used the Wonderwall music under footage of soldiers conducting exercises, which doesn't inspire, like, you no. know, join, join the army. But they didn't realise they needed permission to use the song, which is, like, the most <sighs> duh thing I've ever heard. It's advertising um, 101. Yeah. Uh, Oasis denied them the rights to use it until they had to recall all the videos. But oh, well. 
surely you could just add it in a new song yeah you what like i'll just scrap it that's all like who the hell's <laughs> running the show like friggin an undergrad clearly stick, stick undergrad a different because, tune underneath it like yeah just do something else so it was the the album um what's the story morning glory was the second best selling um album in british history um just after the beatles sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club um even uh, Noel Gallagher has been very clear about his adoration for the songwriting of Paul McCartney mm. and John Lennon and just his love of uh, the Beatles. He said that um, the fact that the song Wonderwall, there's, a, there's actually a musical album released by George Harrison um, called Wonderwall Music. And Noel was saying, you know, brilliant. There's a connection to the Beatles here. And he said that the Beatles are to me the be all and end all, where it starts and where it finishes. So massively influenced there. Mm. Um, this Wonderwall was the first Oasis um, single released in the US and it's been their biggest uh, hit in the country. Um, initially, Noel wanted to sing the song, but then he let Liam, he gave Liam the choice and he chose that. And that's why Noel sings Don't Look Back in Anger. Um, there's like it sounds like a cello in the background of um, Wonderwall and you can see in the music video there's cellos being played but that isn't actually a cello in the song it's uh, a Mellotron tape playback keyboard okay that's playing. so it's not so this makes me think of like DJ DJ D, D, <laughs> DJ one of those jobbies yeah um, so yeah even though it features a cello playing there's no cello on it the song was going to be called Wishing Stone for a long time until one day and Wishing Stone's not mentioned anywhere so they were obviously maybe going to mm. like shoehorn that in somewhere potentially um, and uh, Noel Gallagher said that, that was because of some girl that he brought back to his hotel who insisted on giving him a Wishing Stone that was in her pocket and he thought this was great and I was kind of like hold on mate I thought this was about your girlfriend yeah. um, even though he said it wasn't but like what were you up to, Buster? Uh-huh. Wishing stones in indeed. the Premier. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now the song only got to number two as well, which disgusts me. And what's even more disgusting is who kept it off the number one spot. Do you want to have a wee guess, Lauren? What year is this again? Sorry. Uh, it was. Oh my God! I don't know if I know this, Lauren. You just made me look like a real oh. dick in front of everyone. Sorry. I know. I think it was 1995. Oh, oh flip! Is it 1995? Oh, like... Oasis Wonderwall, yeah, 95. Who oh, would have kept them off? Oh, 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 right. My guess is going to be Gina G with Ooh Ah just a little bit. No. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> I would, I would, I wouldn't happier with that, to be honest. <laughs> Robson and Jerome. Fuck oh, no. <laughs> with a double A side of I Believe, which is a shit cover. Very oh, big. A, a shit original as well. Mm hmm. And up on the roof, which I don't know, but uh, yeah, those two, those two. Um, the song was also covered by Ryan Adams in his 2004 Love Is Hell album, and you know Ryan Adams is not somebody that we would look on favourably nowadays, from what we know. If you don't, is know he not? People. I I know frig all about the man. Oh, I think there's been like um, sexual abuse allegations about him. Oh, um, of course, there has. But he's been blacklisted. Um, so it was I remember his version played in an episode of the OC um, which was a big deal when we were like sixth year the mm. OC was I don't do you watch it Lauren I, don't I, like I didn't did. but I remember it being popular I've yeah, never I, I've I, never really been one for the old uh, it used to I don't know. know 
Oh, A4, Tuesday night, 9pm. It was always the talk of the bus journey to school <laughs> with me and one of our uh, mutual friends. I was going to say, I clearly wasn't part of these conversations. I don't remember. That. Do you know what it used to be? I used to get to the back of that bus and headphones in. You mm-hmm. had your massive CD yes. player, Walkman. Yeah, disc man. There was just no conversation. Yeah, your disc man. Um, no, so not in the mornings know, especially. <laughs> no. Oh, well, what, time, what time are you getting on that bus? At like 10 past 7? You had to be on it like... Uh, stupid o'clock. Inhumane. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that school was a half an hour journey from where mm-hmm. we lived. Why the frig were we getting on a bus at ten past seven when class doesn't start till nine? I know. First, look all that time you had. One of the you first. Stop everyone uh, on the head as you went, like at the same time. Like. We've always one of the first buses to get to the school in the morning as well. We were there before everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For no reason, no need for it. None whatsoever. Um, now, according to Noel. He thought that Ryan Adams did a better job with Wonderwall than Oasis ever did. And um, he actually told, he went to a Ryan Adams concert um, and actually said to him, you can have that song, man, because we could never quite get it right. There's a lot of berating of this song done by the the person who wrote it and the people who sung it. And I'm not, Mm. I'm not here for that. I'm very pissed off at that, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, he thought that Ryan Adams' version, to be fair, is is very good. It's very kind of like dreamy and you know, very I can't think of words right now, but it's a word that you you will know. Um, okay. <laughs> um now Metallica's Lards Ulrich and um you two's the edge, who actually once had a really intense rivalry, Lauren. I feel like okay. that's information you would probably <laughs> enjoy researching because yeah. you like Metallica, don't you? I do. So yeah, go find that out. Okay. Um, and also Blur's Alex James. They have all named Wonderwall as the one song they wish that they'd written. Okay. Isn't that cute? I think that's nice. Um, so Lars from Metallica wishes he'd written Wonderwall. Yeah, and so does The Edge, and so does Alex Jones. Or Alex okay. James from uh, from Blur as well. Um, there's a show that I love, and it's it is it's big. Like you've heard, have you heard of Lena Dunham? Yeah. So her show Girls. Um, I I've heard of it, but never watched it. Oh, Lauren, do you have Sky Comedy? Do you have access to Sky Comedy? I could do. You have an do, ITV yeah. box, or it's on at the minute. You can watch it. You can watch all six series, and it is so brilliant each episode's only like a half an hour long it's kind of like sex in the city but like actually what it would be like to be single in your 20s <laughs> in new york yeah. and it is amazing i think i'm i know rewatching it probably for the fifth or sixth time i just can't get enough of it it's amazing okay um but there's um one of the episodes called it's a shame about ray um it features in the uh in the final scene of that where lena dunham's character hannah is singing the song in her bath bathtub and it like closes to the actual song playing in the closing credits and the day after its original broadcast in Fe- in america obviously in february uh, 2013 the song re-entered the billboard charts mm. number 50 powerful it just goes to show like how music or tv yeah. can play such a role there's so many songs from that series that i have learned about just by mm. you know just just the placement of music in a certain scene yeah and that that girls i'm a grey's anatomy like so many songs like i think even in my like my wedding video like i have songs that i would never known of have not been for girls in, in particular mm-hmm. just think really good music the song wonderwall also topped a 2016 survey commissioned by the website 
sunfly sunfly karaoke you know that that thing appears on the screen before you do karaoke yeah. it's by oh, yeah. sunfly um so it was it was it was a survey they did ahead of father's day to find the favorite karaoke song of dads across the uk and how the song was narrowly beaten by blur's park life <laughs> so there's a lot of like syncopation between yeah. these two bands like they're kind of interwoven so dads um, love to sing park life karaoke uh, mm-hmm. short closely followed by wonderwall yeah okay yeah makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. i suppose mm-hmm. <laughs> um the songs played at the funeral of leah betts um that was a teenager who had died in 1995 after taking ecstasy so oasis gave permission to use the track in a video reconstruction of her last hours as part of an anti-drug campaign right lots of irony that they yeah because they, they've not sort of um <laughs> they haven't really hid away from the fact that particularly Liam. Mm. um but the, the, he, he had a documentary as well in the last year, maybe last two years. And it was him and his children and his daughter who, like, he really only started to acknowledge yeah. in these last couple of years. I think Noel had been a lot more active in her life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd hate to think that he did that as a means of one up on his brother, you know, that he was, you know, able to have a relationship, you know, with, with his niece, whereas Liam wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like that would have stung because there, as we know, I think... There's been rumours recently that they are talking about reforming, um, but at this time that wasn't the case. But he's with all three of his children and um, he's quite openly talking about drugs in front of them. Now, mm. I'm not saying like he's talking about actively taking them, but it's a very kind of like, it's just, it just seems like a very normal conversation that they're all having together. Like it's no different than having a smoke, you know, mm. um, just the kind of ease with which it's discussed. Um, Noel Gallagher, he kind of... Um, has laughed at the kind of the the shit he's gotten from guitar store employees like people who'll go in and like to buy a guitar and learn how to play a wee bit of it and mm-hmm. like it's it's in one of those like the top nine nine or ten songs that like riffs that always get played you know yeah your head away that just Whenever, makes me think of um in wayne's world when he you know was, was playing the guitar and this mm-hmm. guy the, the guy like stops and points the sign and says no stairway to heaven Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so I've never seen Wayne's World either. Uh, <laughs> Once again, the podcast of movies in a husband's sight. I feel like I have seen all the good films, but you don't think so. <laughs> me, me and another friend of ours are obsessed with Wayne. I love mm. Wayne's World. And it's, uh, it's such a time capsule of a movie as well with the, the songs and the music and stuff. And, and it, I yeah. love it. I just love it. But um, yeah, so he obviously goes to try this guitar out in the shop and play a bit of, riff a bit of Stairway to Heaven and it's a sign in the wall that you're not allowed to. And I feel like music shops would maybe have that with Wonderwall. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. It's definitely. in that vein. I remember when I learned guitar, like I think I did like two lessons at school and uh, yeah, we were learning Wonderwall and that was day one. Um, <laughs> so Liam Ambitious. himself wasn't... Yeah, well, I think it's, well, yeah, it's like three chords, but I... For those two lessons in between those two, that's all my mum listened to. It was just me thrashing that out. <laughs> I'm um, sure she was delighted. <laughs> yeah, so my room was strategically the furthest away from the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I, I know I'm aware that whenever I think about the kind of layout of the house. <laughs> Liam wasn't that impressed with the song the first time he listened to it. He said, what do you think you're doing, dickhead? Oasis aren't a funk band. 
Um, I don't, there's nothing funk about that song. <laughs> I don't know what was going on that day, but um, 19 years later, the front man, um, he's hardly warm to it. Every time I sing it, I want to gag. Oh, dear. Calm your tits. Um, <laughs> Noel is not that enamored with it either. He's like, outside of England, it's the one song we're famous for all over the world. It annoys fuck out of me. It's not a fucking rock and roll tune. <laughs> There's quite a vulnerable statement to it. When people come up to me and say it's one of the greatest tunes I've ever written, I think, fucking hell, have you heard Live Forever? I'm like, yeah, I have. I, I enjoyed that, but I just love love mm. wonderful i just I, i'd be i'd be that person that's like oh my god so that's not around i, I like it me. too but I, I think it has definitely got nearly that reputation now it's just that that bit of a joke nearly so i know mm. wonderful you know yeah yeah it is it is it is and that's something that i noticed like you know memes about like you know that mm-hmm. arsehole with a guitar like you know, yeah. just at a party uh, we'll, yeah. we'll play wonderful someone will whip out an acoustic and decide wonderful has to be played mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, here's Liam's explanation of the song. A wonder wall can be anything. It's just a beautiful word. It's like looking at that, looking for that bus ticket and you're trying to fucking find it, that bastard. And you finally find it and you pull it out. Fucking mega, that's me wonder wall. Okay. Right. I'm offended by this because this is my first <laughs> dance and he's comparing it to a goddamn <laughs> bus ticket. <laughs> Oh well, <sighs> dear. I, I mean, for someone who can sing and present a song in such a meaningful mm-hmm. way, to have absolutely zero respect for it is, yeah, you know, it's, it's, he should go into acting. That's what he should do. Um, <laughs> whenever Jay Z was due to perform at Glastonbury two thousand and nine, Noel Gallagher was very vocal about his like absolute disdain for this decision. He's like, Glastonbury is a rock festival. It is not hip hop. It's not R and B. Like this, mm. it's being repackaged into something. Like I don't know who you're trying to please, but like this is not what Glastonbury is about. Um, and you can go on and you can Google um, or go onto YouTube even and see the actual um, performance Jay Z coming on. Like Jay Z comes on and Wonderwall is playing. When Jay Z comes on, <laughs> he picks up a guitar and right. pretends to play the guitar and sings a wee bit of Wonderwall really badly like he's not a singer <laughs> um it's very well it's not even it's, it's worse than that even but um because it's obviously with his mm. accent and all um <clears throat> and he said oh that bloke from Oasis said I couldn't play guitar um someone should have told him I'm a fucking rock star this is <laughs> what, what Jay-Z said at the time and Noel then came out and actually said I said what I said and I was wrong so you know well, yeah. Like I think it was it was very well received. Like he, his performance, like he went mm-hmm. down a storm. Um, One Direction is another act that have covered the song. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> much to Noel's amusement, who described them as fucking idiots, <laughs> and, and would other by otherwise be working at a fucking local cost cutter. Cost the way you say it. I made it sound really posh. Cost cutter. Um, sorry about all the swearing. I'm just quoting what they said, by the way, just, um, just so we're clear. You know, as a huge one D fan yourself, are you not highly offended by that as well? I mean, that would have been who was their mentor? Um, Louis. Was it not Louis? Was it Louis? I don't know. I don't know. He's um, usually the groups. It would have been. I feel like it would have definitely been like. Oh, actually, um, maybe it was Simon. The X Factor Rock um, Week, and they would have done. Wonderwall. One Direction men tore on 
It wasn't, it wasn't Nicole. Oh, it was Simon, um, yeah. Okay, so he picked it. Um, mm. But yeah, he wasn't impressed um, by that. But like, God love them. I am a big 1D fan. Um, luckily got to see them before Zayn left. Not that I cared too much about that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, the, they can't pick the songs. Like, they're just told. I'm sure there is, you know... Like Harry Styles, for example, I think he's getting a lot more kind of credibility yeah. musically. Um, I don't know what it is. There's there's a real mistake around Harry Styles. Like he's yeah. he's beautiful and he's very like he seems such a chilled, laid back kind of guy. Like there's no issues with him. Like everything here about him very positive. Mm. Um, you know, real. He's obviously got a penchant for the older woman, which puts yeah. us in the right category, Lauren. Um, well, compared to his age, I'll let you um, have a go there. Ahead of me. <laughs> all right, I'll not, I'll not, uh, I'll quite happily just sit back and let that happen. Um, so Liam's um BDI performed Wonderwall at the London 2012 uh closing ceremonies for the Olympics, but they had to ask Noel permission to sing the song. So you can imagine mm. what a bitter pill that will be to swallow having yeah. to go to Noel whenever they hate each other. I don't know if Liam would have done the asking, but if I was Noel, I would be like, get on your hands and knees and kiss my feet and <laughs> tell me I'm amazing and I'll maybe consider. Yeah. Um, there's a number of other um, there's a number of other people who've done covers. So there's actually a cover of Wonderwall done by Radiohead, okay. um, which apparently I didn't listen to. I think you can access it, but I, it was one of the versions that I didn't get to. And um, Liam obviously isn't very bothered by this version either. Um, he himself has admitted apparently that he has never actually listened to their album OK Computer and doesn't, it says he doesn't understand why they're famous. And he berated them for writing music about fucking trees. <laughs> just no sense. No sense. Oh, well. um, other covers have been done by Rihanna and the Beastie Boys. Um, Rihanna's cover was performed at one of her concerts. I think it was actually a tour that I had, I'd been on or been on had gone to, and uh, I thought it was shit to be honest. I don't know why it's not getting dragged, but there's other more unfortunate versions like one by Jason Mraz, one by Jesse J, and one by David Guetta. And, oh God! Uh, now David Guetta, he just played Wonderwall, and at the end put some EDM Aye. shit on the end of it that was nothing to do. I, I actually stopped listening because I was waiting to hear where we're going to hear something that yeah. sounds remotely like Wonderwall here, and I couldn't. Um, and also, interestingly, um, in 2003, Girls Aloud released Life Got Cold, um, and it received some attention because they thought that the guitar riff in the song was very similar to Oasis. Um, so the BBC, uh, our BBC review stated, part of the chord sounds like it's going to turn into Wonderwall by Oasis. Um, a source told The Sun that Girls Aloud are all big Oasis fans, um, so they don't mind the comparison. Um, but the record label has since credited uh, Noel Gallagher as co-songwriter on the song. So okay. he gets his name slapped onto a Girls uh-huh. Aloud track, the lucky duck. <laughs> So just onto the video then, like, guys, as I said, not a lot happens in this video. It's very, um, it's very dull. Uh, there's, it's in black <laughs> and white throughout. There's a guy dressed as a clown. Not the creepiest clown I've ever seen. I think he seems to be like one of those kind of like quiet clowns, which, mm. you know, 
depending on your disposition could be even creepier mm. and to, to make it worse he has like a ventriloquist dummy with him as well which just you know that's an extra yeah. level of creep um stamped onto it uh, there's bits of it that are kind of like kaleidoscopic and um mm. You know, quite it seems quite moody. You know the whole thing, but it's not. Yeah, it's just it just is. It is what it is anyway. But anyway, it's. Um, I found an article that was about the actual video itself. The guy who was in charge of um, making the video, so they wanted a very like sixty style shoot um, for the video, but it became quite clear like early on that they were not going to be able to achieve what they wanted. So, Nigel Dick was the guy in charge of running the show for this. And um, the, the, basically this whole interview, uh, this, this whole thing is just basically what Nigel's telling, what he can remember. So it was one of the most shocking arguments I've seen in 30 years of making films. They arrived pretty much with the attitude, we'll do whatever we need to do just to get out of here. They didn't care about the video and just wanted to leave. It was very much like dealing with children depriving them of any kind of control for a day is challenging. But I used their arrogance and fuck you attitude as the centre of the film. It was no use asking Liam to jump around. Neither he or Noel really did anything other than sit still singing or playing guitar. Halfway through filming the four minute and 39 second shoot, there would become the young, the young brother's trademark hostility suddenly emerge. They started yelling at each other out of, uh, out of nothing really laying off. Um, they were snarling, effing and blinding for about 90 seconds and I feared one might lift a fist. I mean, that would be the least of your worries. I think just one dig, you know, might, yeah. might, might have settled it. We would be able to get more out of it, potentially. <laughs> um, the whole crew took a pace backwards. Uh, then just before it really escalated, one of them turned around and walked away. It was the first time I've seen the distaste they had for each other at a certain level. Nothing was about, nothing was said about, and I just filmed them on their own after that. Um, one of the actual members of the band, uh, Paul uh, uh, McGuigan, actually didn't even want to be filmed. He didn't even, he, he was too scared to act, as it were, in the video. So they had a complete randomer go in there and pretend to be one of the members of the band. For God's sake. Um, so instead, this other guy came in and took his place over the video. Um, so there's actually a guy there on base who very rarely uh, played with them. Um, mm. If they'd been very nice and very polite and well brought up, I think they wouldn't have had anything like this much success. I don't know. I don't believe that's the case. I think their, their music absolutely stands up on its own. But mm. like that image absolutely like helps keep them like you know just yeah adds to the the appeal for so many because yeah they are no holds barred like and they are just from the brief period of time that I spent in Manchester they are just so people that like you would see you, mm. you you would meet you know or, or bump into Manchester it's like filled as kind of like the second like London um or it's the mm. London of the north and a lot of arseholes flock there, myself included, <laughs> um, like people from the south or whatever. Mm. So you'll, you'll, and, and areas like the northern quarter, you know, it's very like now, I suppose, it'll be full of people who are like part of that whole like influencer, you know, hipster kind of mm. movement. But then, like, the actual like homegrown people from there are like just such salt of the earth. Mm. And I would say the same of the guy, I think their their intentions are never like mean spirited. They're like, Obviously, if you watch Supersonic, the documentary, you can see that 
for the Gallaghers who do take up the focus other than the other members. They didn't have to do anything. They got to live probably pretty anonymously mm. and still get the paychecks, you know, yeah. and not have to deal with all the shit. They seem to have obviously come from a background where there has been trauma or whatever. And, you know, it's been that kind of like scrappy, like fight to the top kind of attitude. And, and they're brothers. And so, you know, you can say whatever the hell you want to family. They're going to mm. forgive you in the end. Or that's that's what we tell ourselves. Um, you know, the mud doesn't stick. You know, you just kind of, yeah. you, can, you can move on from it. I feel like these two are like the epitome of brothers, but not friends. And mm-hmm. if it, probably if it hadn't been for this fame and this band and like having to stay together for the sake of the music and traveling mm-hmm, and touring mm-hmm. and performing, like they probably would have fallen out long ago if they were just yeah. two like average Joes in Manchester. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know what? It just obviously they have been able to let whatever difficulties they are not stand in the way of their them being mm. able to showcase their talent. Um, like Liam Gallagher, you know. I mean, he he wrote a song. Um, because he's, I think he's been releasing like solo stuff because mm. that's what that documentary was about in these last two years. It was about, you know, him releasing new music and it wasn't under BDA. And um, it's a song called All I Need, I think. And it's it's beautiful, but he's written that. Like he does, mm. he can write music. Um, obviously, Noel being the one, the main contributor to like the band or whatever, and him having the final say and, you know, people being allowed to perform his music. Mm. Like that's, you know, that's not going to sit well whenever you and your brother scrap all the time. And it seems to be a case of, you know, one one up on each other all the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it just goes to show that like, they came from very humble beginnings. Now, I see that they went to a primary school in Didsbury, something that I found out. And I Didsbury, has, I think, over the years, has gone through a lot of regeneration. When I lived there, like, Didsbury was very much like an aspirational place that you wanted to live. Like, it right. was just, it was more like a slightly more suburban part of Manchester, but mm. it, like, had everything you needed. Like, a lovely, lovely, like, town kind of vibe to it. Um, you know, I, I always thought to myself at the time, that's where I'd like to end up living um and then ultimately decided like coming home was was probably going to suit me better but um they went there obviously at a time where I would say it wasn't um Mm. and I whenever I went to I worked in Manchester one of my colleagues she went to a primary school she went to primary school in Dursbury as well and it was the primary school who sang grandma we love you Grandma, we do. You know, we school girls. And no. we, um, Lauren, you do. You do know this song. They they knocked, they stopped John Lennon from getting to number one. In what year? Like, oh, what was it? St. Genevieve's. Um, okay. Lauren, you know this. It's like a Christmas song. Oh, Lord. Oh I'm in trouble now. You've yeah, never you seen Wayne's World, and I've never listened to these wee girls. Um. I'm telling you. They've come from humble beginnings and they've had a rough time, you know, with their home, their mother, like they speak very highly of their mum. She's Irish. I didn't bother to find out what part. I think she does have a bit of a southern accent, obviously mm. the name Gallagher as well. I often wonder, did, you know, the film or the series Shameless, did they choose to have the main family with the Gallagher name? Because it's so mm. strongly associated with Manchester and also because there's that kind of rough and ready kind of a... Yeah. Um, imagery that you would have whenever you think of the likes of the, the Gallagher brothers. Mm. But they've come up 
and despite you know having so many obstacles like just the talent that they have has and there's probably a thousand examples of people from exactly very similar backgrounds mm-hmm. who just haven't had that opportunity yeah or whatever but um yeah I think there's, there's something about the whole story of it you know maybe someday down the line there'll be like some kind of like movie made about them back in two, or 1996 they had performed um a uh, a massive gig it was like um two nights back to back um at uh, Nebworth um in August of, two, of 1996 and they sold out both shows within minute, minutes and um it was an audience of one or uh, 125,000 people each night wow. like 2.5 million people applied for tickets and then obviously a quarter of a million tickets mm-hmm. were sold um which would have been like they could have sold out 20 nights yeah. doing Nebworth um and that was a record-breaking number for an outdoor concert held in the UK and it remains the largest demand for a show in British history um so I mean they've achieved like it's amazing what they've managed mm-hmm. to achieve just to um end up obviously the the guy what was his name again Mr Dick Nigel 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 um he said that for me, what is a lot of the charm of the Wonderwall video, um, for, for me, that is a lot of the charm of the Wonderwall video, their resentment and their resentfulness and their bored, couldn't give a shit attitudes actually paid off in spades. I mean, you can see it in the video. They just, hmm. they couldn't be arsed. You know, I think <laughs> most of their other videos, I think, well, um, Don't Look Back in Anger is, is a bit more, not acted, but there's maybe some sort of a narrative in that. Um, but most of them is our performance um, videos. The song, despite very little happening, actually won Best Video at the 1996 Brit Awards, which was okay. a very quiet year for videos. Mm-hmm. They had to give them something wrong, like, I don't know. I personally would have went with Gina G, but you know. <laughs> mm, when did Gina G come out? I googled it there oh, earlier. I was like, did you? Was it 95? It was 96. So. 96. <laughs> um, I, didn't uh, the, I didn't even look at the comments. Because um, oh. you felt like I had so much information as it was, and um, that was enough to digest. Really, I don't yeah. really know what more people could say about it. Um, again, apologies for the swearing, guys. Don't want this to be like you know <laughs> thinking that we've like gone off the rails or anything. Um, but whenever you're dealing with the likes of this subject matter, you know mm. you want to be authentic at the end of the day. Yeah, it's important. I mean, um, you have to embody the. Yeah, the people are I, talking tr- about I feel you. like I am I I am a wee bit like Liam Gallagher this evening, to be honest. <laughs> well, off your tits on something. That's or... <laughs> just a couple of glasses of Prosecco, or nothing too, nothing, just the easy stuff, just a, just a nightcap. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was enjoyable uh, convo was... to have to compare those two. When uh, another thing I'd read as well was. Damon Alburn and um, uh, Noel Gallagher are, are are quite friendly now. Yeah, they, they seen kind that. Of yeah. I don't know about Liam. I didn't really see him. But Damon I don't think Liam has any interest in making up with anyone, but as I just I think saw, so. <laughs> I saw a picture of like a charity football match that 
uh, members of Blur and Oasis were playing in mm. back in 1996. And like Liam is there, like Damon's in his full kit, you know, and uh, Liam has like a bucket hat on. And I feel like he's walked on with like, you know, a, a bottle of Stella in his hand and mm. looks like he's ready to square up to him. Um, Damon said that at the time his feelings were really hurt about how mean they were to him um, during that era, which is really sad. Like, I feel like it's those two, career, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like he would have been like a guy who came from a home that like, you know, both parents were together mm. and, you know, he loved to collect, you know, the um, <laughs> shiny football stickers. <laughs> And just a secure we just a childhood. secure life that he had and I know nothing about Damon he could Me, say I no actually I had the worst life I didn't research that far so back apologies. um but there was something endearing about the fact that he was like they really like hurt me just that and they did because they're two ruffians they're yeah, two they're ruffians or as our mate Dave would say who um who kindly um provided <laughs> us our um our intro he's a wrong one <laughs> so um, yeah, they're two wrong ones, those two, mm. for sure. Oh, well, Liam definitely sounds like the, the bigger of the wrong ones, to be honest. Yeah. Ca- uh-huh. Causing all he, sorts he, of I know they're being like as well. I didn't really go into a load of detail about it because I was like, right, there's there's so much history there. I'm not going to go into like minute detail about albums and all that. I just thought mm. it was kind of funny. And that's only like a very small kind of snapshot of like the issues between the two brothers as well. Yeah. Definitely watch the Supersonic um, documentary if if you like Oasis or you're yeah. interested in it. It was on Netflix. Uh, hopefully it's still there because as I say, it was, it's been in the last year that I've watched that. Um, and it's very good. And it gives you a good idea of their sort of beginnings and touring and, you know, just just very hedonistic lifestyle that they led at one point mm. I am um, I came across like you know when you're looking up these the YouTube videos for these things and you end up watching other ones mm-hmm. off the back of them and I ended up on a video for it was uh, the Machine Gun Kelly and Young Blood version of mm-hmm. Wonder no of Champion what? Supernova oh okay. no not Wonder Wall. But just you'd mentioned it earlier. Have you heard that? Mm. No. No. I no. Yeah. That. Give it a look. I mean, it's not bad, but it was obviously, uh, you know, recorded. I think early on in the the Wondery play, and um, mm. they are like just in their separate bathrooms, like recorded yeah. themselves in there for the acoustics, I suppose. Right. Uh, so it's like this I'll homemade. Have to listen to that after this, definitely. This homemade cover duet that they did. It's not bad, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, very modern take on on that tune from them. Then, well, like I say, it's I think it's kind of untouchable if they're given Ryan Adams the seal of approval to well, take the song. Mm. Fine, if you say so. But <laughs> I just think that the original just stands on its own. I just mm. I, I don't think I've ever say, heard the Ryan Ryan Adams version. I don't, I, I'd say you maybe have. have. It's very. It's a lot slower. Like it's very just like like an acoustic guitar with maybe a wee bit of echo on it and nearly feels like um but yeah See, I know it's very good it, that, it, yeah. right I'll give it a go it, it doesn't sound like it would make anything but I, will I think it's it. you can appreciate it for what it is and I can mm. understand why Noel Gallagher would say yeah you can you can have it but um I still blast that song like I just love the change the transition Noel's voice comes in and then whenever like mm. the beat drops
It's like my mum loves DMX. X gonna give it to you. Never try this. This was not the song I expected. That's what just came into my head. So I remember okay. having that like on a CD. Um, I would have been probably like sixth year, and I used to like you know whenever you get into the car when you're that age and your music. Oh yeah. Into, like you weren't, you weren't listening to Radio Two shite. No. Steve Wright's friggin' love song <laughs> box, and um. I had my CD on or whatever, it was my song, but we'd played it enough times that like there's a bit of chat going on over it. And then my mom like proceeds to basically like shush me. And she's like, oh no, I like this wee bit. And it's the bit where it goes from and I was like, is this real? Okay. And then and she was like, I like that wee bit. I was like, oh well. You found respect oh. there for your mum, you know. Appreciate that tune mm-hmm. and that wee story. Whereas I, I was in the car with my mum today, it was my music on today. Turn that down, my head sore enough. Oh, you, know. what to was that. It, Lauren, you don't even want to know. No, it's like your the music you train to as well, Lauren. Like song that I obviously recognise and appreciate, and others I'm like, load a racket. <laughs> if you've yeah, if, if you've had the experience of any of my videos with corpse on in the background you probably thought what is this nonsense mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um definitely. but i enjoy it so yeah it, i'm trying to be down with the kids you know this is yeah i'm I old and i'm trying to get with current tunes mm-hmm. and that's some of it <laughs> no i don't know it's do you know whenever you're like it's one it's just such, it's just one of those things that like just happens and you can't you cannot fight it like mm. You know, anytime I feel like I spend with a younger person, I feel like my naffness is just, I can't, like, it's here now. Mm. I don't know what, like, what I think is, like, what I would have done is what I would normally would do is, well, cool in inverted commas or is acceptable. Like, mm. it's not. Like, I think coolness is, like, something that is the first thing that will go, like, you know, it's so fragile, yeah. your ability to be cool. Like, it's the thing that will erode the quickest. Yeah. Um, well, so my wee I, sister, who is 17, she will message me randomly sometimes, say, What's the name of that band you like? And mm-hmm. I reply, and then she's like, Lol, thanks. And you know <laughs> that her and her, her boyfriend or her pals or something are like yeah, way looking up. Yeah, to see what shite yeah. I listen to. And um, mm-hmm. do you remember you'd met, or maybe you hadn't, but the, the thing is, like, we of our generation, the millennials, like we love a side parting, but it's back to the middle parting is what's cool apparently in your hair. Oh, okay. And I thought, right, middle partings are cool. I'll give this a go. The other day, brushed my hair into middle part. Not, not hope. Episode one, you oh, said oh. that you go, thought you oh, looked oh, like Ozzy Osbourne vibes. Yeah, yeah, I looked like the spawn of Ozzy Osbourne mm. with, with my hair, which hasn't been cut since July now. No. In the middle part, and I just no, I wouldn't look out of place. You know, on no. stage for Black Sabbath, to be honest. So, <laughs> but that's no. I, I just, no, I'm I'm terminally uncool now. I will never wear a middle part. It's just not going to happen. No. So, I think the cool thing, Lauren, is to be yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. you for being you. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Like it's like I'm 34, and I like I forget whenever I think about like when I was younger and what a 34 year old was I'm like I'm not I don't feel like that's me like and so mm. anyway I think it's just it's just I don't feel my age like I'm very conscious of it and then even if I don't we go, think like, you five, ever do 
Probably not. And like, I think it's brilliant that mm. that's the case, you know, but I think about how mature in your mind you would expect yeah. somebody in their mid-30s essentially to be like, or to, to seem to be. Mm. Um, you'll be 34 soon, Lauren. How do you yeah. feel about it? 34 in April. I'm not prepared. Um, I've barely came to the terms with the fact that all my friends now are 34 and I'm still clinging on to 33. Yeah. Like, not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's approaching fast. Second lockdown birthday it's upcoming. It's just mad to think that, like, I'll be 35 later this year. Oh, and don't. I'll be 40 in five years. I just can't believe I swear to God, how fast time goes, like, will take you by surprise. Mm. In so many ways, like I just feel like it's it was only you know a couple of years ago that we were all making it like whoever's house to have yeah. a carry out and go out in the town and do you know what I mean? And then yeah. like oh, just going for sales in the car. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember we used to sail around? I remember going for sale in your car, and for some inexplicable reason, you and I were both obsessed with the song "The Devil Went Down to Georgia." Oh my god. <laughs> We had that Uh, We also loved American Woman. Yes. We had that on. Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. I I don't know if it's the Lenny Kravitz version or there's another one, isn't there? Oh, no, I think it would have been Um, Lenny Kravitz because I don't think I know any other ones. I I prefer his version. It's cooler. Um, But yeah, like we strange, strange musical tastes from very early on for us, to be fair. But like, yeah, that That's doesn't funny. seem like it was that long ago. That's I don't have that memory at all. Or I know we not? went for plenty, of, plenty of sales. I think we went got ice cream. I remember that. Yeah, you know. that would have been like a wee Sunday, a wee mm. Sunday cruise. Up, okay. yeah, lovely, yeah, lovely memories to have. When it's when it's not bloody illegal anymore, sure, carry out of mine. You're <laughs> oh all invited. God, I can't wait. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be the first one there. I'll oh. be early for a change. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I think that was, I think we could wrap it up, this up now, Lauren. I'm sure people yeah. are probably sick of our trips down memory lane. Yeah, Too they're bad. like, they're going to they're, they're, they're <laughs> happen, people. They, how did they we end up on the devil that went down to Georgia? I thought this From was about way simpler. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Just, you open too many tabs, and this is where you end up. We do. Uh, well, thank you very much for sticking with us, if you did. <laughs> much appreciate it. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I keep forgetting to ask people to actually do yes, that. Yes, please subscribe, please, please. Please. And, uh, please. That's like Liam, we're asking all the singer songs. <laughs> oh, please. I don't know. <laughs> don't know about that. Think about it. Please subscribe. Uh, you can See, follow You us. end up sounding like you're from Emmerdale. See, that's the thing. Like, it's very hard to like. I thought that was more Bolton, but anyway. Well, same thing. I don't care. Not meant to be an actor. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram as well at Video Chat Podcast. And we have a Facebook page as well, Video Chat Podcast on there. So Some thank you. As well. Did you just say that one? Oh, we do. Yeah, I post these on YouTube because I know, I don't know, some people aren't too tech savvy and prefer to, to listen along on there. So I'm not tech savvy and like I don't think I, I still feel like I would be more advanced than YouTube, but I'm imagining there's people that could be worse than me very easily. <laughs> so it's there for you, it's there for even people with like one or two brain cells. Yeah, if you just find YouTube and type us in, we are on there. You don't have to it's download there. any podcast apps or nothing. So <laughs> thank you very much for hanging in for another episode and uh, we will talk to you in the next one. Bye.